You know, it's this notion of um, it wasn't meant to be. When you try your hand at entrepreneurship or you try a new business, I've heard it so many times told to me. And sometimes I've actually caught myself saying it to myself, which is, you know, maybe it wasn't meant to be. So you're saying leaving it at the plight of fate or what people call destiny. Absolutely. What happens with that is that we, we get to a state, not everyone, but for me, I've observed, I get into a state wherein I become complacent, right? I don't push as hard as I can. That's right. Right. And I don't get myself into the most resourceful state that I can. Right. So it's this whole notion of it's this principle that we know of called um, cause and effect. Right. So I talk about cause and effect, cause being empowerment, effect being the victim mindset. So you can live life on the cause side or you can live life on the effect side. The cause side is all about empowerment. If it's in my life, I created it, which means I can change it. The effect side is all about life is happening to me, not for me. By staying on the empowered side, it keeps us in the game. Wellness is more than just physical health. It's your total well-being. Talk wellness with Anjan. Episode number seven of this incredible show called Talk Wellness. I mean, I, I'm saying it's incredible. Somebody else should be right. But uh, thank you for so much for tuning into this episode. Today, we have an exceptional guest. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's an author, an endurance athlete, a transformation architect, and an NLP coach. And today, we're going to talk about the inner game. Deeren Harshandani, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Before and, we begin, Anjan, I want to say I want to respect, admire, and I love your journey. You've been, I mean, I've known you for a couple of years now, yes, and you've true. been extremely consistent in delivering your message and making an impact. Thanks, buddy. In fact, the first time me and Dhirin met... That's a good story. I, I, <laughs> I made him stand on some of these uh, yogic nail boards. Yes. They're like these spiky pins. Tell us how you felt. Uh, it was uh, it was liberating. Yeah, because I felt a lot of pain, a lot of trauma was released. You would think that when you go through pain, that you feel more pain, which it was painful, mm. but it helped me release a lot of... Um, internal uh, trauma that I was carrying. Yeah, and I think yogic nails do that. Absolutely. Right? It's a total mind over body kind of uh, protocol where you initially feel the pain in your body and then you really go deeper and you say, hey, what is this pain? Is this pain me? Is this pain part of me? Am I this pain? And then mm. you, when you start on the process of self-inquiry along with the guided breath and the guided visualization, then you go into different dimensions and things from deep inside you start coming out. Exactly what happened to me. Well, you did so well that day. Thank you. You were standing for like what, 10 minutes the first time you stood. Yeah, something. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it was that long, but uh, <laughs> thanks for giving me the credit. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> now, Dirin's had an amazing journey. He was an entrepreneur and he was winning in the outer game of business. Uh, uh, at the expense of his inner game of relationships, health, self-esteem, self-worth, and wellness. So let's start with that journey from the winning at the outer game to actually realizing the importance of the inner game. Okay, so before we begin, I have a question for you. Go for it. I have an offer, as a matter of fact. Let's do it. I want to offer you 250,000 dirhams for, in exchange, I want you to pluck out your eyeball. Would I do it? From the socket. Would I do it? Yeah. Make it maybe 250 million and I'll tempt it to, but I still probably won't. Why, why not though? What we put as value, what we perceive as value, in my, in my perspective, yeah. what we perceive as value sometimes cannot be equated with just money. Okay. So sight for me is more valuable than no matter how much amount of money you'll give me. And similarly, I think value systems for different humans are different things. 
Now, if there's a human who says, hey, I don't care about my sight because you give me this money and I'm going to feed my entire village or my entire family or my mother's operation or uh, my, my child's uh, cardiac surgery is going to fuel this and they sacrifice their value of having the ability to see for that. So in my situation, I'm fine. Uh, so I would say no. But Anjan, the reality is that we're ripping out our eyeballs, our metaphorical eyeball mm. every day. Not me. I did. I did. And that's the story and I want to hear. And most people do, mm. right? We're ripping out something even more valuable than our eyesight. Very true. It's our self-esteem, our self-worth, our belief structures. All these things that are happening in our life, we're making decisions on the outer game of life, right? The big shiny object. Perceived success. Exactly. Exactly. In exchange for our inner game. Which is why you're such a perfect guest on episode 7 of this show because talk wellness is designed to help people understand alternative perspectives to improve their own self-worth, their self-being um, and their self-love and thereby increase gradually everybody's well-being. Great. Thank you. So let's talk about this transformation. What happened? So, I mean, a number of things happened. The first card that dropped in my house of cards was when I was at a crossroads where I had to make a decision mm. between staying with my wife Jasmine who was nine months pregnant at that point shout out with to our Jasmine. first with shout out to Jasmine with our first child and jumping on a plane to chase a business deal that's right now I wouldn't be telling you this story if you I told me the story already. I, I did yes, tell you yes. the story I keep We're telling this story over and again. over again because you know this is you know, a microcosm mm. or a metaphor for what we go through. True. So I was at this crossroads where I had to make a decision between jumping on a plane, chase a business deal, or be with her um, when she was nine months pregnant. I jumped on that plane, chased the business deal, and I did the math in my head. You know, she, my, my child wasn't born or wasn't due till the 28th. It was the 5th of June. I jumped on the plane thinking that I would be able to make it back, mm. right? I thought I could do it all. And so I jumped on that plane and ended up missing the birth wow. of my child, mm. right? Now, if you ask me, so did you get the deal? I don't even remember if I got the deal. I don't even remember what the deal was all about. It became so irrelevant. It became irrelevant. But what I do remember is the fact that I missed out on one of the most defining moments as a man, right? As a man, the most defining moment in my book because I didn't have it at that point is that moment where, you know, the doctor says it's a boy. Yeah, yeah. Right? Sure. And I missed out on that moment. The first moment of seeing your newborn and holding him in your arms. Absolutely. The second card, you know, <clears throat> you would think happy days ahead. Mm. But the second card that dropped was when, you know, I wasn't a big drinker. It had to do with alcohol. I wasn't a big drinker, but it was big enough where it was disruptive mm. to my life. Mm. Um, I felt that it affected my immune system. It, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it slowed me down. Um, the circle of friends that I was around was, you know, all centered around that one activity. So when I decided that this was, you know, enough. it was time, it mm. was enough, it was a very difficult decision. The process that followed was very painful because I lost a lot of friends in the process. So how did that decision happen? So that decision got to a point where, and like I said, you know, things were just happening in, like I was making suboptimal decisions. I um, was not clear. I was losing clarity every single day. I was slow to, you know, make decisions. And, um, you know, I felt that it was weakening my immune system. Everything that, you know, I took for granted started coming to the surface. And that's when I thought, okay, you know what? This is something that no longer fits my lifestyle. No, no judgment to people who do drink. 
because it works for some people, but so, it just didn't work for let's me. Let's talk about how you had the transformation. What did you do? So the third card, let me tell you about the third sure. card. The third card that dropped was when I started seeing changes in my physiology that were quite dramatic. Mm. So I lost about 15 kilos in about 3 months. And, and not I in was, a good way. Not in a good way. I um I would get to the office and I didn't have any energy. I would fall asleep at my desk. I um started har- having heart palpitations and to the point where I would tell my wife this went on for a few months I would tell her before going to bed that you know I think we need to get our affairs in order because mm. I don't think I have much longer to live I would tell my friends that you know I think I'm going to die young and I have this in my journal entry wow it's in my journal entry from 10 years ago and um and as that was happening I remember this one time I was in the shower and I was shampooing my hair and usually the shower is when I'm the most relaxed right like most people and i'm shampooing my hair and i could feel something funny on my on my hand and i looked it was a lump of hair it was a clump of hair wow so i was losing hair was having serious heart palpitations my physiology had completely shifted and that's when i knew that something had to change three Now, strikes and one more and you were out three strikes and exactly the metaphorical baseball analogy i like that so i started seeing the silver lining is that i went to see some good doctors who Excellent. did not mislead me they were very upfront and straightforward and said what you have can't be cured with any medication mm. the cure is within. lifestyle transformation it's within you have to realign your mind body and soul in order for you to overcome this chaos this 100%. tornado that 100%. was going on and so that's when i thought that what got me to this point of winning the outer game because anyone from the outside looking in would say he was successful mm. right he mm. checked all the boxes that's right i had the sports cars i had the watches i had the house on the golf course i had it all from you know an outer success Correct. perspective tick 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 but it was all at the cost of my inner game that's right the relationships my my health my wellness and that's when i thought that something had to give i had to transform or you know it was three strikes i was out so that's when i started really going within and i discovered i looked around and i asked myself who were the happiest people i know mm. and you'll appreciate this anjan because i know about your let, let me guess they were the yogis or the no, meditators no they were actually it was much closer to home it was my mom and my sister amazing and i looked at them and i said these are the happiest people i know who mm. have the sharpest of intuitions and they are always in homeostasis always balanced in a state of equilibrium and so i asked myself what is the common denominator between them and i found that they were both meditators wow i love that so i started my own journey in meditation and as i you know for me i have to understand the science behind everything before i embrace some new practice or sure. mindset and so i went to understand the uh, the science behind it and science offers a new perspective on meditation it's all about going past the analytical mind and when you go past the analytical mind you see the mind, paradox there you want to understand how to go beyond the understanding between yeah exactly <laughs> so once i went beyond the understanding i then went deeper and i understood that 5% of our thoughts were conscious of 95% were not right so how do i tap into that 95% that runs so much more of the technology that is me and um and that's when i started my meditation journey Beautiful. is you know Every day, you know, started with 15 minutes, started 
adding a couple minutes every single day and uh, till it became a habit and now it's a lifestyle and, and for now you. it's a superpower it's a lifestyle it's a lifestyle don't call it a superpower because for you it's normal now it is but so it's, it's but it gives you that superpower abilities okay in that sense yeah i i'd like to think meditation is not a superpower it's a normal power and anybody not operating at that level of normalcy is operating at subnormal hmm you know yeah so the baseline uh, is lower the baseline is lower so yeah. if if we call it a superpower it seems a bit unreachable to many people right like superman has superpowers it's unreachable i mean i'm not from krypton yeah. but meditation is a power and it's accessible to everybody that that's why i said don't call it a absolutely. superpower absolutely so i looked at it i said okay it's it's free i can do it anywhere at any time and it gives me greater access to intuition Beautiful. and then i i also discovered the fact that you know when you look at the science behind it they discovered that it creates more synaptic connections yes, in your new, brain neural patterns yeah neural patterns and once you have those synaptic connections in layman it's making you smarter yes right so it's free i could do it anywhere at any time makes me smarter and gives me greater access to intuition so is this the if if i had to ask you for the one secret that helped you move from focusing on the outer game to the inner game would that be meditation it that would be one of them mm. that would definitely be one what of them what were the others so nutrition and and um and fitness was a big part of it journaling was a big part of it as well right so there were a number of different things that i did that you know i didn't take everything on at once sure. because what happens when people want to make changes i see it with my clients when they want to make a change they make all these changes mm. at once mm. and ultimately change is really difficult mm. right so you you paced it out i did Let, let's list out everything you did because i'm sure so many people tuned in and watching would like to transform and take the focus away from the outer game to the inner game that's why this episode is called the inner game so Absolutely. let's list everything out okay so l- let's talk about one of the interventions first okay. okay let's jump into the intervention because it segues very well into sweet the other things that i did so i noticed that you know at any point in your life right you have anywhere between 40 to 50 problems at this moment you have maybe not you anjan but you Thank know you. most people most people have <laughs> anywhere between 40 to 50 <laughs> anywhere between 40 to 50 problems between small problems and really big ones i i have three or four the camera has to record properly the microphone has to record properly you know the, 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 pretty much it <laughs> yeah but if you know if you if you dig a little deeper mm. and if we're really honest with ourselves we have more than 40 to moment? 50 problems maybe not you okay <laughs> so so these 40 or 50 problems right are usually can be solved mm. usually can be solved with one decision one decision can take care of 40 to 50 problems wow and that's the power of leverage the metaphor that i like to use is you know uh, hinges on doors right so you know these hinges are so really like, small right but they're carrying these big things they're swinging these big things like a right? lever fulcrum concept exactly exactly and so small hinges swing big doors sure so the one decision that diminishes 40 to 50 problems is all about the power of one mm. right it's that one decision that you can make for me it was fitness and more specifically it was around sleep mm. you know i used to think of myself as not a morning person right and so i used to stay up till about 3 4 in the morning and wake up at 7 i would get anywhere between 4 to 5 hours of sleep but i realized that as soon as i made that shift and i made that decision to prioritize my sleep it addressed and diminished anywhere between 40 to 50 problems that i was having beautiful yeah. so you figured that out for yourself that you needed more hours of sleep 
and in maybe better timing absolutely timing is key right it's not the hours of sleep but yeah. it's the time and because of the circadian the rhythm exactly there's an episode i want to do actually eventually i probably will about uh, 15 days i spent with this himalayan yogi he sleeps only 15 minutes a day fully energized fully powered and he we, we used to go on treks every morning at 5 a.m. with him he was going barefoot we had our shoes because we were young turks and incredible stuff that i learned from him so we'll share that on a podcast soon you but should. let's continue you should. i think a lot of people will get value from that so i made this decision The other decision I made was to focus on my fitness, mm. my health. Mm. So once I started going to bed at an early, you know, hour, I was waking up a lot more fresh. And you had time to go for your cycling and your so running. So it solved my health issue, which Beautiful. if you were to just look at the health, there were at least 15 to 20 problems 100%. just there, 100%. right? With to do with fitness, gut health, pain. I mean so many different things, exactly. Weight, right? Losing hair. right so it was a complete realignment of my physiology by making that one decision then i developed from meditation i developed the the willpower mm. to go vegan right so i've been a vegetarian for many many years but uh turned vegan about 4 years ago sweet and um and that was when i started when i was able to start doing more endurance races You know, I wasn't just so I couldn't run. I know you're the poster boy for vegan endurance athletes in this region. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> uh, my peers are uh, are all very focused on. I mean, they they they've gone well beyond where I've gone. But you know, it it's now a lifestyle based Absolutely. on that's grounded on fitness as. You know, one of the myths. Can we jump into it? Yeah, myth? let's do it. Let's okay, do it. Okay, so that, one that, that's what the show is about. It's about unpopular opinions and breaking them and myths and busting them. So one of the myths that I had for a long time and I find that most people still carry is that, you know, they say my my family is my number one priority. Mm. Now, so here's the myth. My family is my number one priority. Yeah, or or anything else. Yeah. My fi- my, wife, my family, my, my business, my something outside of them. is my number one priority. Now, we've all been on planes, maybe maybe not recently. Yeah. But um, you know, when you get on the plane, the first thing you you hear is the captain saying, "In the event of an emergency, yes. help yourself before you help the person next to you." Now, the reason for that is because you can't help somebody else unless you are taken care of. Very true. Unless right? your cup is full, you can't pour it out. Exactly. So for a long time, I subscribed to that um, notion, that mm. myth that mm. you know my family is my number one priority. But it's actually selfish to focus on family. Yes. It's selfish on them. So the myth is that you know something else is a priority, but here's the reality. The reality is that your priority should be you. you. Right? And when you are your priority, number one priority, you can show up, right? with a lot more energy very a true. lot more presence and a lot more impact very true talk wellness with anjan and now that we're on a roll let's break some more myths okay so so that was myth number 1 uh the other myth that um i've discovered is around purpose mm. you know people say i i don't know what my purpose is do you know? sound like some grand thing absolutely let me ask you do you know your purpose anshan to ensure that every time i inhale i exhale okay that's real time purpose <laughs> that's it because if i stop exhaling <laughs> there's no point of it but wouldn't you say that's on automatic anyway not necessarily right i mean it's automatic but it's not necessarily conscious 
It's not conscious. And it's not necessarily filled with gratitude of being able to exhale every time you inhale. Absolutely. And just being aware of it. Absolutely. That awareness, that consciousness comes. So, so I that's find purpose for me. That's purpose. That's beautiful. Some people are looking, a lot of people are looking for their purpose. They say they can't find it. Mm. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know why I exist. I think George Bernard Shaw said that, um, you know, we must not find ourselves we must create ourselves beautiful so purpose is not something to be found but created i love it yeah. in in the yogic system we have something called purushartha which talks about the essence of human purpose purusha humanity artha meaning the meaning of life hmm. and it's in a in a lot of ways similar to ikigai the japanese principle of finding life purpose and purushartha has three steps right which is a uh, four step sorry dharma artha kama moksha hmm. and dharma means um, finding out what you're suited to do artha means finding out the monetary means or the resources to get that done kama is making sure whatever you're doing is filled with your desire and pleasure and moksha is finding liberation from all that you're doing hmm. and beautiful. the yogic texts very beautifully in a way sus into a describe this and it says your purushartha keeps changing all through your life so don't be fixed on one absolutely because once you achieve it like okay what's next yeah Going back to purpose. Yes. You know, I've observed that people don't want to find what their purpose is. Mm. They want a temporary solution. No, perhaps. they don't want to find their purpose. They people or at least for me, let me speak for myself. For a long time, you know, my purpose was very clear, but I was I was not recognizing it. Mm. I was sweeping it under the carpet. And the reason is once we discover our purpose or once we create our purpose, we have to act on it ah yes so you're saying that's why people don't want to find their purpose subconsciously mm-hmm. let's see uh, another myth that i um i've observed people have and i had myself is this notion of transformation that you know we get to a point where we're transformed mm. but the reality is transformation is constant constant it we don't get to a point where we've been transformed. You're saying when people say oh, I've transformed and I'm I I feel enlightened now. Yeah. It's actually their own drama acting up. Absolutely. And I think I mean there's so many levels, right? If you sure. look at any adult development framework from Maslow's or Spiral Dynamics, the number of levels in the adult development uh framework is infinite. Innumerable, yes. Yeah. And, and there's so no end to there's it. No, there's It's no there's limitless. There's no end to it. And <laughs> not to get philosophical but in life as you get to a whole new level a whole new challenge a bigger challenge is thrown at you right which then requires you to transform to the next level to overcome that specific absolutely challenge. and you're saying all this leveling up happens only because of an awareness of the inner game i believe so why do you call it a game it's a game it's um game is a metaphor right for How Because like we, me, you like to play. Yeah, it, I mean, it is play. <laughs> True. It is, it is play. It's experimentation. It's trying things. You know, as an entrepreneur, um, when I'm asked, so what, what is your secret to success? I say that, you know, every time I experiment, out of the five new things that I try, one will work. Mm. Four won't. And I take that one and I build on it. Sure. And I experiment on top of that. So it's this process of iteration kind of like my podcast experience because dhiren was also a guest on my previous podcast we only recorded 9 episodes in total and it didn't work so i didn't even launch it but it did work in a way yeah i'm saying i didn't launch it because it, they, it yeah. couldn't be sustained yeah but the lessons from that is actually now helping talk wellness absolutely yeah. 
Yeah. So Beautiful. so so sometimes we we define work or what's successful in a very Natalie. binary, very uh, digital way, right? It's binary. Either it works or it doesn't work. But there's so many lessons that we take very from true. that experience that allows us to actually make an impact in the next project, right? Or Absolutely. shorten the the uh, experimentation with you know the new project that we're working with or Let's the talk new business. Let's some more some more of the interventions that happen yeah. uh, in your life to help you transform the perspective that you had from the outer game to the inner game. Okay, so. Another intervention would be this notion of loose ends, things that are incomplete. So when we have incompleteness, I had a lot of things that were incomplete in my mm. life. Mm. And when we have incompleteness in our life, it acts as a psychological, emotional, physical leak. And what we do you mean leak. by incompleteness? So for example, say you had an argument with a friend and that hasn't been resolved or so unresolved unresolved or let's say you uh, you give credit in your business and um, they didn't pay you, you back and they haven't paid you back <laughs> okay right it's an open loop sure so what happens with things that are unresolved and incomplete so they're like boulders that you're carrying on your back and so you're Wherever saying you closure go. is needed closure is essential sure. it's essential because unless you get closure in these open loops they act as energy leaks very and they're true. constantly depleting you of energy now it happens in in a very subtle manner right but the best way to describe it is you know you drive of course okay so imagine having your foot on the gas right and on the brake at the same time you may get to your destination eventually but the amount of energy that you expend to get to your destination is infinitely more right it's an inefficient way of living So, so just uh, in the yogic system the understanding of kritagyata or gratitude or forgiveness helps us to close these loops Absolutely. without involving the other person what are the tools that you use to close all the loops and get closure so forgiveness is definitely one of okay. them right forgiveness is one of them um i um have been in situations wherein you know i carried a grudge resentment mm. for a very long time mm. right to the point wherein you know it was hurting me and it was hurting people around me because of that open loop so my kids were affected my spouse was affected by it right and you know until i came and you know mustered the courage to overcome to forgive and to put my ego aside right and really learn from that experience it continued to deplete me so to get my power back right i had to forgive right? so that's dirin's hot tip for you forgive Wellness is more than just physical health. It's your total well-being. Find out how to have a healthy, balanced life. Have a healthy body through exercise, nutrition, and engage the world through learning, problem-solving, and creativity. Talk wellness with Anjan. Now these are questions I ask every single guest of mine. What has been your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? My biggest failure. Wow, that's a it's a big loaded question. I would say one of my biggest failures was this dark night of the soul that I went through, which uh which cost me about 4 years of my life. It was very painful. It was at a time wherein you know a lot of the wellness like you were not on air. Right? <laughs> You're too kind. 
and uh, and Instagram wasn't you didn't you didn't have this endless feed of meditation, mindfulness, mm. co- all sorts of coaches. I, th- that's why I call it Corona Guru. Yeah. because post the pandemic everybody was forced to look within and spend time with themselves yeah. and suddenly you can see in the world now inner work techniques and meditation tools have just surfaced and everybody's talking about it and that's why we want to also add on to the conversation and create moments of value yeah i believe that there's a collective awakening taking Absolutely. place absolutely yeah and so I, i call it the consciousness revolution beautiful so this was a failure at the same time if you ask me okay there and out of those three things that you went through those three cards would you change anything mm, you would say I no. wouldn't mm. I wouldn't because I wouldn't be where I am today with the awareness that I have if I didn't go through that very nice yeah what's the best advice you've ever received the best advice i have received is um to not to no success in business makes up for failure at home. Wow, I love that. And the worst advice you ever received is to um is success is outside of you. Okay, I like that. Now along your journey, what are the best resources that have helped you? Now these could have been books, movies, podcasts, shows, people. Yeah, so one of the biggest or one of the um the most profound books I've read is a book actually recently read it. I wish I read it much earlier. It's a book uh by Benjamin Hardy. It's called uh, Your Personality Isn't Permanent. Shout out to Benjamin. Yeah, so that book highlights the fact that change is not just possible, but mm. it's essential. We're That's constantly right. transforming and uh nothing about you is permanent. We're in a constant state of evolution. Every Beautiful. cell in your body is changing. Is changing constantly. every 7 years. It's changing. And this impermanency is the most beautiful thing about the existence of humanity. Absolutely. So Because you're a transformation architect and you work with a lot of CEOs and a lot of high-profile individuals, what is one common myth about your profession or field that you would like to debunk? I believe that um entrepreneurs have this constant state of wanting to solve problems. Mm. We're addicted to stress. Mm. And solving like, problems relieves the stress or wanting to solve problems gives the stress? wanting to solve the problem sometimes it gets to a point where an entrepreneurs create problems that's right just to want to solve it yeah okay because we get addicted to that chemical rush mm. right and so the reality is it doesn't have to be that way right once we understand the science that we get addicted to these Dopamine. concoction of yeah. different stress chemicals yes. that are basically flooding our body. In fact, right? just since you're mentioning this, I have a gut health and a hormone specialist on our next episode, episode 8. So make sure you catch that also after you listen to this. Beautiful. Gut health is something that I'm working on at the moment. Beautiful. Yeah. So that would be one of the myths that I would want all entrepreneurs to to really understand is that you know the entrepreneurial journey doesn't have to be a stressful one mm. so my why is because i went through this colossal burnout i realized that you know if if there was a a lawyer a doctor um a civil servant a politician a teacher and an entrepreneur and i could save one individual it would be the entrepreneur mm. because the entrepreneur could recreate everything Beautiful. from scratch right now the challenge is that entrepreneurship has a bad rap. Mm. Right? Does it? It does. It does because you know especially when you look at an entrepreneur that's gone through a burnout, 
right? We're losing sure, entrepreneurs. Sure. So you're saying the hustle, hustle, hustle generation is kind of indoctrinating people to believe that entrepreneurship means just like sacrifice everything else for the success of your company. Or a- absolutely, mm. but but that's not a sustainable strategy. Not for everybody. Yeah, it, it, not for everybody. Absolutely. For but, some people, it could be like I admire Gary Vaynerchuk, and he says this, right? Shout out to Gary. He says this game that I'm playing is not for everybody, and he says I don't get burnt out because I love what I do, and he's on like 24/7. Yeah, but I believe entrepreneurship can be for everybody. No, I I meant yeah. the the hustling the and hustling. the constant. Yes, that's not for everybody. That that move f- that entrepreneurs make, such as Gary, that's not for everyone. That's but right. entrepreneurship can be for everybody. It can be. Now, the reason at the moment it's not, or when you know the perception is that entrepreneurship it never ends. Mm. You're constantly solving problems. That's right. But that's when you don't have clear boundaries, right? So True. it's essential to be able to balance the outer game with the inner game. And so the reason I would save the entrepreneur is because the entrepreneur can recreate everything, and the entrepreneur is the driver of societies, communities, cities, countries. And the world. I mean, we're moving into an entrepreneurial environment. Our 100%. kids are going to be entrepreneurs. Their kids will be entrepreneurs. Talk wellness with Anjan. Episode number seven in conversation with Deeran Harshandani, an author, a transformational architect, and here's his book. It's called Your Dose of Motivation. Tell us about this book. So this is a book that uh, I wrote a chapter in this book, and um, I write about that dark night of the soul that I went through mm. and how I came out of it. The, the blueprint that I mapped, and um, and about a year ago, my mentor came to me and said, you know, I've understood your journey, but you don't talk about it as much in the book, right? There's so much more to it that needs to be discussed. So I decided that I would take this one chapter and write my own book. Beautiful. And so in this book that I'm writing, which is Master Your Inner Game. I um I talk about the the three cards in detail how I went through it what I did to come out of it the habits that I embraced the habits that I embraced to um overcome some of the challenges that I was facing I love it uh Dhiren's also got one more really cool myth which we wanted to talk about the myth is um you know it's this notion of um it wasn't meant to be right when you when you try your hand at entrepreneurship or you try a new business i've heard it so many times told to me and sometimes i've actually caught myself saying it to myself which is you know maybe it wasn't meant to be so you're saying leaving it at the plight of fate or what people call destiny absolutely what happens with that is that we end up thinking about we we get to a state not everyone but for me i've observed i get into a state wherein i become complacent right i don't push as hard as i can that's right right and i don't get myself into the most resourceful state that i can to think of the Alternative situation options, at hand mm. right in from different perspectives right so it's this whole notion of it's this principle that we know of called um, cause and effect right so i talk about cause and effect cause being empowerment effect being the victim mindset right so you can live life on the cause side or you can live life on the effect side the cause side is all about empowerment if it's in my life i created it which means i can change it the effect side is all about life is happening to me not for me in my experience 
leaving it and saying it wasn't meant to be. Now, we do get to a point where things are just not meant to be. True, true. But to have that mindset that, you know, I can control, control is a heavily charged world, but I can influence this and I can think of alternative solutions by staying on the empowered side. It keeps us in the game. It keeps us on Beautiful. the table. And I love that you're bringing this up in our talk today because the talk is called Inner Game. And in the yogic system, we have a very clear understanding of what we can and cannot control. So there's only three aspects. So one is Prakriti, one is Purusha, and one is Manasa. Mm. So Prakriti is everything in nature, the environment. So coronavirus, earthquakes, floods, even governmental decisions, border closures. How much of that can we control? Zero yeah. percent. The second is Purusha, our own physical body. Uh, the illusion is that we can control 100% of it, but mm. we can't actually. Even with conscious awareness, we can't control how our food digests, how our blood flows, how our hormones are created. We, we have mm. no idea, actually. Yeah. So if you're a yogi and you've been practicing, 25%. But the average human, 10 to 15%. Okay, yeah. We can move our hands and legs, but that's about it. But yeah. then the third aspect, which is what our talk today is about, the inner game, which is your inner dimension yeah. how much of that can we control yeah 100% absolutely so that's why i love this subject today yeah. that you are talking about so on your on your uh, corona example i um, i have a lot of people around me who said that you know they're they're defeated they feel sad that mm. they can't see their parents for example mm. i you know up to 3 months ago i had not seen my parents for 2 true, months true. but the reality is you know when i stayed on the empowered side and focused on, okay, you know what? I can't jump on a plane. They can't jump on a plane. We can't meet at the moment. But what can we do to ease our heart and, ease make our heart and yeah. actually even get closer, right? So we started jumping on Zoom calls Beautiful. every single day. Beautiful. So in the last two years, we actually got closer as a family than we ever have been. I love that. Because you stop yeah. taking each other for granted. Now there's no physical meeting. It's like, how do we how do we get closer? That, and we didn't focus on what we didn't have. Yes. yes. Right? It's the glass half full versus half empty. Very true. Very yeah. true. I love it. So we hope that helped you get a new perspective. Talk Wellness with Anjan. Quick questions that I ask all my guests. Okay. Daily routine. Something that you do every day without fail. So the first thing I do when I wake up is I look at my, my why. Right, which I shared with you um, a moment ago. Share it again. So okay. my why is focusing on entrepreneurs, helping them transform by balancing the outer game of profit and the inner game of, um, of family health and wellness. Beautiful. So every day you wake up and you focus on your why. I focus on my why. That's I a then daily look routine. At, yeah, it's a daily routine. I then look at the mirror and I do mirror work. Beautiful. And um, I talk to myself and I tell myself that you have nothing to prove, you have nothing to defend, and you have nothing to hide. Pursuit of relaxation is what I call this segment. So I ask all my guests, what your thoughts on happiness are? My thoughts on happiness is that uh, it's overrated. Uh, I believe the pursuit of happiness asserts that there's something lacking mm. that we're not happy. If you notice, I call this segment pursuit of relaxation. Because <laughs> <laughs> in the yogi system, we don't chase happiness. We only pursue relaxation because when you're relaxed, you have abundance of thinking and you get clarity and then happiness comes on Absolutely. its own if it has to. Stress buster is what I call this. Five ways or tips that you use to get rid of stress. Basics. Go out for a walk. Walk. Yeah. Um, call someone that uh, I care about. That releases my stress. 
Um, I um, write. Journaling is a big stress reliever for me. And um, fitness is definitely something that, and meditation. Beautiful. That's a beautiful five list. Uh, wellness leaps. One thing that you did that changed your life. Sorry, say that again. This segment is called a wellness leap. Yes. Wellness one sleep. Wellness leap. Leaps. The one thing that you did that changed your life. One thing that I did that changed my life, I would definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, say meditation. I love it. I love yeah. it. Adopting a meditation strike. Yeah. This is the nicest thing I can hear from any human. Thank yeah. you for that. If you had to be shipwrecked on a deserted island and you had all your food, clothing, shelter taken care of, what are two items that you would want to carry with you? A journal. Okay. And um, a journal would be one of them. The second thing would be um, some music. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Now, this is called Wear Anjan's Footwear, or the lack of it, because I'm doing my show barefoot. If you could step into my footwear, what is the one question you would have asked yourself that I didn't? I would ask myself, what, um, what's next? Okay, what's next? So, next is, I'm writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing a book, which is um, all about the inner game. It's going to be out. My first draft is going to be ready by... February. The book is going to be out in June. And um, this is something that I'm really putting a lot of energy into. And I believe that, um, you know, every entrepreneur, aspiring entrepreneur should read this book to truly understand that uh, it doesn't have to be an isolated, lonely journey. Entrepreneurship. Beautiful. Beautiful. Amazing. And to end our conversation, you know, there must have been some motto or some quote that you have written down somewhere and you look at it and you read it every day. And I'd like you to share that quote. So with the everybody quote that listening. we were talking about is at the root of all fear is our um, is the fact that we feel that we would be judged. Mm. At the root of all fear is the fear of judgment is the fear of judgment. Beautiful. Yeah. And um, the reality is no one's judging. Other than yourself. Other than ourselves. <laughs> I love that. It's all in the inner game. Amazing. Yeah. Any last words you want to say to our listeners or to our viewers? Yeah. Thank you for, um, for listening to the show. I think uh, Anjan is, uh, is putting in some great energy in making sure that um, you get amazing information and experience shares and insights into how to take your life to the next level. Please continue listening and support the show. Deerin Harshandani, it was a pleasure having you, you on the show. Uh, he's a transformational architect and NLP coach and endurance athlete. We've yes. got to do a complete different show on that. Definitely. Amazing, Sounds man. Good. Thanks so much for having Thank me. Thank you. It was My really pleasure. fun having you in the studios with us. Thank you. Wellness is more than just physical health. It's your total well-being. Find out how to have a healthy, balanced life. Have a healthy body through exercise, nutrition, and engage the world through learning, problem-solving, and creativity. Talk Wellness with Anjan. I want to take a moment to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode. And I'd like to remind you that the perspectives that we shared on this show are of my guest and myself only. And you should evaluate if it works for you before making it yours. Always consult your own doctor, therapist and healer before you make any drastic life changes. And we would love it if you could share this podcast link with your friends, your family, your circles and talk about it. That's why we call this series Talk Wellness. We need your support to get the conversation around well-being 
to be a more prominent one. I would love to connect with you across social media. Look for Meditate with Anjan on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. And also, please leave a review. This will help us grow. Thank you once again for listening and for your love. Stay relaxed. Namaste.